Most leaders will tell you that problems tend to fall into two categories, people and process. In this two-part mini-series, we're hearing from the product leaders who had defining moments related to how they approach both the people and process parts of their roles, both of which are critical to their success. In this second of two episodes of the Fearless Product Leadership Defining Moments mini-series, we focus on the people. We'll hear from four experienced product leaders who share their epiphanies as they answer the question, what was your defining moment as a product leader? Welcome to the Fearless Product Leadership Podcast. This is the show for new product leaders seeking to increase their confidence and competence. In every episode, I ask experienced and thoughtful product leaders to share their strategies and tactics that have helped them tackle a tough responsibility of the product leader role. I love helping emerging product leaders shorten their learning curves to expedite their professional success with great products, teams, and stakeholder relationships. I'm your host and CEO of Fearless Product, Hope Gurion. Many of the product leaders I coach are new to leading the product function and managing product teams. Now, because product development involves significant cross-functional collaboration, and because so many people working in product are relatively inexperienced, inevitably, people-related challenges emerge. A great product leader can empower the people working together in product teams to collaborate well, make good decisions, and understand and value each other's expertise. In this episode, our product leaders share the defining moments that influenced their understanding of how to approach people practices. They'll share how changes they made when managing their teams dramatically improved how they created and improved product experiences for their companies and customers. You'll hear from leaders who changed how they ask for help, how they stay humble to empower their teams to do their best work, and how they scale their time by hiring the right people and investing in their success. Fearlessly tackling the question, what was your defining moment as a product leader, are Polly Howden, Chief Product Officer at Rollshare, Nicole Brolin, Executive GM Global Services at Xero, Mark Abraham, Head of Product Engagement at ASOS, and Audrey Chang, Chief Product Officer at Snapcoms. First, we hear from Polly Howden as she describes the defining moment when she discovered an unfounded fear was hindering her relationships. So if I had to think about a moment that was defining for me in my leadership journey, I think it would be when I transitioned from being um, like senior product into having to kind of build and own a team of my own. Um, And um, I guess all the imposter syndrome and nerves that come with stepping up a level. I think there was a couple of things that my manager at the time said to me couple you know a couple of months in uh, that I really stick with me um, and one of them was um, you just you don't need to know everything about everything to be good in this role it's about you know getting support from other people trusting experts and equally um, he also said something to me which was um, he really shocked me said do you have a problem trusting people and I was that really took me aback because, and actually really cut me because I thought, you know, no, I, you know, I really do, you know, value people's contribution. But what I realized was that being fearful of, you know, being sort of found out as not good enough was, was actually hindering me from asking for help, bringing people in and 
the stupid thing is that as a product person, that's what you do. That is your bread and butter. You collaborate with people and you ask them for support and you know that they know how to do the job and you're the glue, right? So yeah, I think I would say realizing that that was the important thing at that level was a real light bulb moment for me. Next, we hear from Nicole Brolin, who you may remember from the previous episode. In this story, Nicole shares the defining moment when she recognized her decisive style wasn't empowering her teams. When I was in the product director role, and so running all of product for um, ANZ, um, I've got quite a, um, I've got quite a blunt and direct style. Um, so I, you know, I don't mince my words. I get to the point, um, and that can work for a lot of people. But it can also be the flip side is um, it can be pretty intimidating for some people. And because I'm quite decisive, so if you ask me that you need a decision made and you give me the facts, I will make a decision and, and um, unblock things. And so what I found early in my in my product director time is that with some of the product managers. Um, they would be present, they'd present their thinking and their case. And I could feel that the sessions didn't go that well. And when I would reflect on it, I could see that what was happening was that um, my style wasn't really working with, with certain types of product manager. Um, I was obviously potentially a bit intimidating and therefore they were kind of shutting down a little bit and not, and so you ended up in this world where you weren't you weren't having a robust conversation, which was ultimately what I was trying to drive. And so I found with this that um, what changed for me is having to really own who I am, having to own the flaws that come with who I am, and having to two things: one, be really vulnerable about that. So I found the more I talk to my teams about where I'm coming from and why I'm doing the things I'm doing and being really on the front foot that I'm not perfect and apologizing for things um, has made massive differences in just opening them up and having them be more receptive to me. And then the second piece is, um, you know, adjusting my behavior and making sure that being really careful, like what I learned in that role is how careful you have to be as a senior product leader about the role you're playing in a room. Um, You have to be very clear on what role, what are they, what are, what are the team need from me and therefore what role can I play to really help support that now sometimes you have to play the role you have to play the hard role you know things are off track it's not going in a good direction Um, but I think you need to be super deliberate about where you're doing that and be conscious of the ramifications of how you behave in that meeting what's going to happen after that meeting um, with those teams so like if you're trying to really build a high-performing product organization particularly in large companies like Seek you have senior leaders. Now, those senior leaders, you're only going to attract great senior leaders and retain them if you're giving them the right level of empowerment and autonomy. So the challenge for a role like this is, when do I have to get in and potentially be directive or potentially give steers because things are going off track versus actually when do I need to let them go because I trust them and they're on the right track? And even if they get it wrong, um, it's still better that they work that out versus me stepping in. And I think that's the that's the and where I try to focus a lot of my effort on being the connector. So I'm in a lot of the, you know, business meetings. I'm, t- I'm talking to strategy. I'm talking to the managing director of ANZ all the time. So I'm hearing different perspectives and different contexts. And so what I always try to focus on with the team is uh, challenging their views with all of the different perspectives that I know are, are going around the business and helping them to make sure that we're thinking about things broadly enough um, and we're catering for those for those different views and perspectives in our thinking. Next, we hear Mark Abraham as he shares a personal and painful story about the importance of having humility as a leader. Yeah, so I think um, a moment, obviously, there's a variety of moments, I would say, have been quite 
influential in, 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 in me trying to become a product leader. And, and I would say with the caveat that I'm learning every single day. Uh, but if I pick one moment that definitely has left a big mark um, in that kind of journey, and, and, and it was really quite a pivotal moment in terms of me becoming a, a product leader, which was actually a moment that I'm not particularly proud of, to be honest with you. It was a moment a good few years ago when I was a head of product sitting down with a team of about six engineers in a room and we're talking about a particular piece of work that I, as I had a product and on behalf of the team, we'd committed to and I thought it was all in progress, being worked on, uh, moving in the right direction. And it turned out as we were talking about that particular piece of work that it hadn't been done. So I said, what's happening here? We, we committed to it, you know, we started the work and one of the engineers said, to me, Mark, you know, no, we, we didn't do the work because there were no user stories for it because the BA was off for a few days and you know how it works, right? No user stories, we don't do the work. And at that moment, and I haven't done too much analysis into what it triggered within me, but I can tell you, and I'm not proud of this, but I speak about it quite openly because it was a huge learning moment for me. I completely lost it. I felt let down. I felt that they were throwing the BA under the bus. They were not taking responsibility. Now I felt stressed because I had to go back and say, we're not anywhere where I thought we'd be. I completely lost it. Um, you know, I got aggressive only verbally, luckily, but still, you know, to the extent that people afterwards told me that they were trembling in their seats. And I left the room and obviously fairly quickly after, uh, after a bit, I calmed down, caught them back into the room and apologized profusely and explained what happened and why I was disappointed. And what that moment taught me was a couple of things. Uh, first of all, it's just leading by example. And it's really hard when, and it's not an excuse, don't get me wrong, but as a product person, you've got all these pressures uh, coming from lots of different angles, lots of things that you are accountable for, but you can't necessarily control or influence or have authority over. Um, so the risk of a product person losing it or really feeling trapped or not supported is perhaps a bit higher than some compared to some other roles. And I was definitely feeling that in the moment. And But as a leader, I would say in any role, but particularly as a leader, when you want to take people on a journey and you want to bring uh, people together, you have to lead by example. So particularly in those moments, as hard as it can feel in the moment, because you're thinking, what's happening here? Why didn't you just write a few user stories, right? In this example, you have to, remain cool and i you know a couple of things that i've learned from that experience which i'm still applying to this day and sometimes to be honest with you again i have to remind myself like these are the things i need to keep doing so for instance i discovered the power of what i call the power of the pause just taking a moment people like me with my energy that i like to bring to the table in the moment i can react very spontaneously uh, and that's not always a good thing sometimes it's smarter to just let it sink in even if it's just for a few seconds but just those few seconds of I've learned over the years can be just enough to take off the edge and respond in a slightly more constructive um, way that people will actually respect you for and will listen to you and you know it won't alienate people from you because you know I, I came across this quote from a guy called um, I think his name is Laszlo Bob from who used to work at Google and he talks about humble people are better at bringing others together to solve tough problems. And that word humble really stuck with me. Uh, from that experience, from reading the quote and thinking about it, you know, having that humility, I actually, after that um, 
episode, I sent myself to an assertiveness course, not because I didn't think I was assertive enough. Uh, it was almost like I felt I was over-assertive, too aggressive at times, too pushy. And again, how do I take a step back? How do I listen? How do I understand where other people are coming from? And whichever field you're trying to be a leader in, be product management, be technology, being something completely different, doesn't matter. I think humility and being able to listen and being able to take that step back are critical if you want to be a a good leader. Finally, Audrey Cheng shares how she hit a wall when she moved to being a product leader at a hyper-growth company and how she came to realize it's better to let those small fires burn so she could focus on what was really most important, hiring and investing in developing her team. So I think... Wow, there, I think there are a lot of moments in a, in a product manager and a product leader's time where you feel like, wow, that made a big impact on you know, how I might function in the future. I think the one thing about product managers is that we make a lot of mistakes and we're resilient and we pick ourselves up and try and figure out a path forward. I think for me, one of the defining moments for me as a product leader, uh, I think being in a hyper-growth company... Um, the way that you had worked in the past does not scale. And so my, <laughs> my, uh, my previous way of working, I think prior to um, experiencing this hyper growth was always like, I'll just put in a couple more hours. It'll be fine. I just get through this bump. It'll be fine. But when you're in hyper growth, you know, the only way is up like more work, more hours. There are no more hours in the day, you know, and like there's more work coming at you, more fires, more, more opportunities, more challenges. Um, there's just no more time. And so I think one of the moments that was really defining for me was I just got to a point where I was like, I just don't even know how to deal with this. And one of the things that was burning that was on my plate, I was actually hiring. And I hadn't prioritized that high enough on my list. You know, I kind of thought, well, you know, if actually I don't write these requirements tonight, the, the engineers won't have anything for tomorrow or for, you know, the next week, you know. And so I always prioritize something else. And I was like, oh, the hi- I've got the hiring pipeline going. Like those, those applications are coming in. But I was just really delaying, you know, reviewing them, trying to find the right people to come in and see and actually accepting the fact that, you know what? Engineering might not be able to work on this piece that is going to add customer value, but there are other components in the pipeline that actually would add value that they could actually spend some time working on that would create some space for me to be able to get the right people in seat to support uh, the growth that we wanted. And I think that was probably one of the, when I came to that realization and it was like, it wasn't like I just woke up and was like, oh, I'm going to you know, do this. I actually hit a wall like real hard. And, you know, I realized that, you know, I was breaking the product, like nothing was working well. Everything was starting to like, you know, um, you know, usually what is pretty smooth, what I have is a pretty smooth process going forward, started to crumble a little bit in front of me, you know, and I realized that actually I wasn't setting uh, our organization up for success. It wasn't setting um, the product team up for success or supporting the business in the way that it needed. And so that required a big fundamental shift in my mindset of letting some small fires burn while you actually take care of the things that really matter. And so hiring and getting the right people in seat um, was uh, became a real focus for me and investing in my people became more and more of a focus uh, rather than thinking just about the, the product and writing those detailed requirements, you know, getting the right people to 
um, ensure that you can actually execute on, you know, um, supporting your customers and delivering value, you know, supporting business with the, the ambitious goals that they have in terms of growth. Um, those are the things that you have to keep in mind, I think, as a product leader. Um, and that I think in those early days, particularly for a new product leader, that it's really hard to transition to, you know, and I think sometimes it's because we love solving the problems. We love getting into the detail. That it's really hard to let go of those pieces. But I think in order to grow and to see it as a product leader, you have to recognize that in that moment, like, hey, I have a ch choice here that I can stay on this IC track or I can move into a more of a leadership role. And I think that's a decision that everybody will have to come to and make a decision on. Like, do you want to help grow the product practice and have exponential impacts on your business? Or do you want to be super strong and craft um, and be able to, I guess, chart out a lot of that and define that product practice and to coach? And, you know, so you can lead in a different way. It's just those are really different practices of product management. One of my defining moments as a product leader came when I was early in my career as a chief product officer. After living through the trials and tribulations of a product investment culture where the executives made all of the decisions about what to build, and after benchmarking our practices versus more modern product-led organizations, I decided it was time to make a significant change. Rather than make small, incremental changes to the way our product organization was structured, I opted for a much more radical, revolutionary approach. The best way to set up our company and teams for success was to create dedicated, cross-functional product teams with clear, meaningful outcomes for every product in our portfolio. I worked with my CTO and my direct reports in product design and analytics to reorganize the people in our teams into new missions where product trios of product managers, product designers, and engineering leads were in control of their decisions. This dramatic reorg definitely had its casualties. Some people who were product managers in title, but most comfortable with project management, were offered scrum master roles that required retraining. Some PMs ended up overseeing products that we decided to maintain rather than invest in, and they weren't happy about it. I had to make some tough calls when putting people into their new roles based on their skills, drive, and the interpersonal relationships when considering the durable team dynamics. While some individuals embraced their new roles and teams, others opted to look for new positions, which led to some understandable attrition. My CTO was fully in support, but also let me bear the brunt of the why, the how, and all those who decisions required to set up and manage the turbulence associated with a new org structure and ways of developing products. Our heads were spinning, but we executed those changes in a matter of a few weeks. Our goal was to expedite everyone having clarity about what it would take to be successful in our structure, our practices, and our relationships. And while this was intense and painful to execute, and honestly, it eroded some personal relationships, the reorg set us in a powerful new direction, began a new and rewarding era in our product culture and company history. We were now set up for discovery, evidence-based decisions, and outcome-oriented, durable product teams. As a leader, you have to make those tough people calls. And sometimes you can do it by making small optimization choices, and sometimes it requires big moves to expedite success for your company, your customers, and your teams. Special thanks to Polly, Mark, Nicole, and Audrey for revealing their defining product leadership moments in this episode. If you're a product leader who'd like to improve your ability to deal with people problems in product management, I'd love to be of help. Contact me on LinkedIn 
or Twitter, or schedule an initial consultation with me using the Contact Me page at fearless-product.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fearless Product Leadership. If you know a new product leader who would find this podcast helpful, please share it. You can follow me, Hope Gurion, on LinkedIn and Twitter, or subscribe to the Fearless Product Leadership podcast on your favorite podcast platform to be notified of new episodes. You will find transcripts, video versions of each episode, as well as more information on my Fearless Product Coaching and Consulting Services by visiting my website, fearless-product.com. Fearless Product. Confidence through evidence.